0: What's up, Dolphins fans? This is Kyle Krabs, your host on Locked on Dolphins. And on today's Tuesday, November 23rd, 2021 edition, we're going to offer some constructive criticisms for things that we would like to see certain dynamics of the Miami Dolphins continue to improve upon upon their push to try to climb back to 500 and make the end of this 2021 season an interesting one. So make sure you buckle in. And let's get after it here on Locked On Dolphins.
1: You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What's up, Dolphins fans? This is Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked On Dolphins. Today is Tuesday, November 23rd, 2021. Lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director Sky and And uh, got a chance to dig through the tape, the all 22 of the Dolphins versus the Jets, and some observations on things that I think the Dolphins are doing differently and would like to see them continue to build upon and some schematic tweaks and some player critiques and constructive criticisms. And all in all, if you continue to learn in the midst of wins, life is good in the NFL for a young football team. And that's what we have uh, over the course of the last few weeks. I want to thank you guys for making locked on dolphins, your first dolphins podcast. Listen of the day. You guys got a lot of great options and uh, it's always great to see how many of you guys are swinging over and and checking out my thoughts and observations about this team. And it's, it's at least at the very least, it's been a fun couple of weeks and uh, you know, we're excited to see what we do this week against Carolina. It's a good opportunity to get a a non-divisional opponent, see a familiar face And Cam Newton, who, of course, Miami greeted uh, in Miami last year when he was a member of the New England Patriots. So in the midst of the the build-up to this week's game against Carolina, looking to figure out how we're going to uh, make that magic happen and try to collect another win. But as I went through and I watched this tape of the Jets game, I think it's clear the Dolphins have found a combination that they like, uh, on the perimeter. They they've come back to it. They had success with this against Baltimore It helped manufacture, uh, the big play, uh, to Albert Wilson in that game from Tua caused the coverage bust. Uh, and Mike Gisecki, in one of the very first plays in this contest against the jets, uh, a similar concepts. They are finding different ways to get variations of a wheel concept on the outside. When it was Albert Wilson, it was a jet motion across the set. And whoever that receiver was on the line of scrimmage, he kind of pushed inside a little bit, and that occupied that outside corner, uh, created some some uh, contact, and Albert Wilson ran scot-free around the outside, unimpeded turns upfield, and he's got a lot of room to work, a lot of room to run. For Mike, uh, he was in a... Twin set to, to the left side of the field and they ran, uh, effectively an RPO. I believe it was an RPO to either play action pass or an RPO. And, and it, it just kind of based on how the offensive line, um, blocked things up. I think this was always going to have a run option to it because they, they were very aggressive in their, their doubles on the line of scrimmage. Um, Jalen Waddle runs a glance and everybody knows that this RPO with the glance and, and you see teams sitting, starting to try to sit on that slant route a little bit more. So uh, the fir- very first play, they came out and they they ran Mike with a little stick route that picked up a couple of yards. Um, but the big gainer from Mike, the catch and run up the left sideline. Uh, Jalen Waddle ran the glance, and Mike pushed to the perimeter and turned up field. And as as long as you. You know, your offensive linemen don't get too far downfield in these RPOs. This is an exciting layer that Miami is, is looking to add more spacing issues, not just horizontally, but also vertically. But it is not an infallible approach. And that was evidenced by the OPI, uh, the offensive pass interference on, I believe it was a big play to Albert Wilson that was negated. And they called the OPI on Durham Smythe, who was running like a slice route out of the backfield into the flat, and there was a 0% chance <laughs> that the OPI was on Durham Smythe because he literally didn't touch anybody on the play. They they either called it on Jalen Waddle, who ran like a little stick, uh, but he got to the top of his stem and he did extend his hands. Uh, or Mike Gasecki on the back re- on, on the back end, because this was another RPO play that that featured. Uh, they, they kind of high load that corner on the outside again. But Tua, you know, when you, when you do look to push the ball, you have to hold the ball longer. So Tua has the ball for a little bit more of an extended period of time. These offensive linemen, you run the risk of them getting upfield. These wide receivers who are in conflict, uh, they end up pushing up and creating and initiating contact. And I believe that's what the referee saw from either Waddle on the front side of the play or Gusecki on the back side of the play to throw the flag. Now, how you misidentify Jalen Waddle versus Durham Smythe, I have no idea. <laughs> but they they did. Um, so this is the storyline to watch schematically with what Miami did here is these throws still have to be reasonably quick hitters or you have to change your coaching point for your pass catchers. And I think there is a very clear and obvious opportunity for Miami, Miami to improve uh, what they are doing in a lot of their receiving concepts uh, because Miami getting flagged for as many OPIs as they did last weekend. I guess technically by the rule of the law, some of them were indeed OPI, but uh, teams run, run rub routes every weekend. Teams run RPOs and have receivers block every weekend. But Miami's not particularly good at either one of those concepts. The the guys running the rub routes too often, they get their hands extended and they're into bodies, and you can tell that there's not an intent to work the space. I would like to think it can be just as simple as hey, go run through his outside shoulder, keep your hands down and run your route and don't extend. But this has been. Miami's been pretty consistently popped for these throughout the course of the season. As far as the RPOs, uh, I think the, the simple explanation here is you call that slant or you, you, call that slot receiver to the play side. Um, instead of having him block one-on-one, you change your block fits so that he's running a glance instead of a stick and he's running down into traffic and potentially looking to hunt up the free safety. And you change his, his aiming point so that by the time his route develops, he's either a running around looking for the ball, or he's going to see by defensive reaction that it's a run and then he can hunt up free safety. Like that's, that's an appeal for RPOs. It's, it's kind of those, those timing issues. And and we did get some feedback from a couple of people on social who made a great point about time, the RPO type stuff, especially if you're going to ask them to hold the ball, the timing is different. And that's a tweak as Miami looks to build out their RPO game, which they I've, I'm really excited with what they're doing uh, with this wheel concept, pin in on top of it, you just now, Got to be aware that there's some domino effects that come as a result of that. I think for Tua a low, my constructive criticism uh, from week 11, uh, I think especially particularly early in this contest, uh, his anticipation beyond where his eyes started for the play uh, thought there was some room to quicken that process up a little bit. I went back and looked at the interception that he threw on the over route to Jalen Waddle. And he's getting to the top of his drop and he pushes his drop to the right. Uh, but the pocket integrity is fairly clean. Uh, they, went, they went max protect, it was play action pass. And to his drop is pushed to his right. And I feel like he was doing this to try to get himself lined up to throw a tight window throw to Mike Giseki. But Mike got press coverage to his right, and never got off the defender. So by the time Tua decides at the top of his drop, which he's he's stemmed to line up the throw to his right, he says, oh, shoot, I got to work off of this. And Jalen is screaming across the middle. And there's a zone, def- like a little rat defender who's sitting there in the intermediates who Tua would have had to have worked to have gotten this throw up and over. He could have done it if he was properly lined up to throw, but because he faded to his right. Now he has to quickly reset his feet and the process of him trying to get lined up to throw uh, his feet were lined up up the hash, but he's trying to throw this ball up and over outside the numbers. So his base was not lined up to throw. And that's why you saw him leave this throw high and behind by a couple of yards of where he wanted to put it. So he faded himself into pressure by reducing the angle for this outside pass rusher. And then the hasty correction that he needed to try to make to get himself to his second progression leaves the ball high and inside. And the ball's picked. Even on the opening possession, uh, they, they motioned into empty. It was the third down play that Patrick Laird had the Herculean effort to get the first down and they emptied into two by three. So they had three to the field, two to the bounder and the jets, when they pushed their coverage, they bumped two. Well, they bumped one directly with the motion to get to the two, the twin side, but that backside linebacker on the, on the two man side at the snap, he immediately hinges and opens to this two-man side. So they're playing bracket coverage on the two-man side to the the boundary, not to the field, where there's more space to work. And they brought a nickel blitz from the field. Well, it's three over three to the three-man side, and it's three over two, which means there's one more defender than you have targets to the boundary. And Tua tries to work the boundary, and obviously because they're playing bracket coverage, They've got that cap pretty well. So by the time Tua works to his right, Albert Wilson was wide open running a little stick route for a touchdown, could have been pitch and catch if his eyes started to that side. And they didn't, and that's fine. But as soon as Tua sees that linebacker turn and bracket the two-man side, come right back across, you'll identify that nickel blitz much more quickly, you can probably get the ball up and down because they were trying to take a middle-of-the-field safety and push him to the second man in the three-man alignment. That's a lot of ground to cover. And instead, Patrick Laird is working out of a a delayed release with a block and a chip on the end-man line of scrimmage and gets out in the flat. Tua does a nice job getting the ball out, and Patrick does a, a phenomenal job of making something happen for the first down but just little things like that with anticipation, continuing to work on them and getting those eyes in the right places and getting those eyes beyond where you're initially anticipating a little bit quicker, I think is really going to continue to help Tua set himself up for success. And the only way you're going to get better at that is with reps, right? It's the only way you're going to get better in those instances. So this was, and, and as the game went, I think the anticipation got a little better and better and better.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: We're seeing more and more of Albert Wilson. His role and and his usage is really up. And I've I liked some of the, the tunnel screen type stuff that they've done with him. I like getting him involved in the jet motion as well. I still selfishly would like to see Jalen Waddle in some of those instances. Um, but one of the plays with Albert that really stuck out to me was they tried to run a jet. It was a second possession of the game. They tried to run a jet and jet sweep effectively and get Albert the ball. Uh, quickly and let him carrying his speed to the the boundary uh, at the snap of the football. And what they did Miami was they tried to squeeze down everybody on the line of scrimmage. uh, And they had Mike Gusecki on the play side, release outside and go hunt the corner. Uh, but the problem was there was a linebacker in the B gap. And his name's Quincy Williams. And Quincy is related to Quininin and Williams. And, and Quincy got drafted in the third round by the Jaguars. And the reason he got drafted in the third round by the Jaguars is because he runs like a 4 4 40 as a linebacker, number 56. And he was the guy who was unaccounted for in this blocking scheme that they were hoping. Albert's speed at the snap was going to be able to out leverage and the play lost a yard because Quincy Williams ran this down. And by the time Mike got his hands on the corner, the corner had squeezed and there was just not a lot of room to work. And I like plays like this. I like conceptually uh, trying to get your athletes in one-on-one situations. And theoretically you would say, well, he's a linebacker. Leave him unblocked, Albert can beat him to the edge, but not when he runs a 4-4. So this kind of goes back to, I don't remember which offensive line coach it was, but I was watching a clinic one time, um, and the coach was talking about who you choose to block on any given play. Talking about offensive line. It might have been Alex Gibbs. Alex Gibbs spent time with um, the Broncos, with their offensive line, the Chargers, with their offensive line, the Colts, the Chiefs, uh, back with the Broncos for another eight years, uh, Atlanta Falcons, Houston Texans, Seattle Seahawks, uh, and then back with the Broncos again. He was on the coaching staff for the Broncos for two of their Super Bowl wins. Uh, It's kind of off that Shanahan tree, right? and if it wasn't Alex Gibbs then then please forgive my ignorance but i want to say it was Alex Gibbs and he was talking about the difference between blocking safeties and blocking corners and you know Quin- quincy williams is, is neither one of those but it was a relevant observation in that he said you don't block corners make your corners Tackle. Those guys want to play pass coverage, so I, would, I applied this to this specific play because I'm thinking about you got Mike as a 250 pound tight end slash pass catcher. <laughs> it's the broadcast said Mike didn't want to just be bucketed as a tight end, and I understand why given his usage and his role and his contract situation. You have a 250 pound pass catcher, and he's in a reduced split because you're trying to create as much edge as possible. Instead of pushing him outside for an off corner to try to block him, wouldn't you want Mike to step down and crack on that linebacker and just get a a piece and seal and have Albert Wilson in a one-on-one situation in the outside one-third of the field with a corner and dare him to tackle you? Don't block corners. Make those corners tackle all game long. So my constructive criticism is for your jet, jet motion package, Miami. Make that adjustment on your blocking fit. Go pick off that, that frontside linebacker. Go pick off that Sam linebacker and run this into a, a soft corner and make him go make the tackle. Because I'd be excited about what would happen if we ever broke one and pop one and you made that corner miss one time whether it's Jalen, Albert Wilson, or anybody else. We did see Jalen Waddle uh, on a jet opportunity. Not really a jet opportunity, but we ran Wildcat a number of times in this football game, and Jalen Waddle scored a touchdown. First career rushing touchdown for Jalen Waddle. Put him in the backfield. And we saw Jalen in the backfield quite a bit in this game, which is a storyline that It stems from his usage at Alabama, and I want to see more and more and more. Let's move Jalen around as he proves he is comfortable with the expanded role and assignments in this offense. Because obviously we don't want to overload guys where they don't know where they're going or don't know how to line up. That's been a problem all year long. (laughs) But we do need to appreciate the fact that the decision by Miles to give the ball on the touchdown, <laughs> what's the wrong decision? Miles, I guess, just didn't want it. Because there's a, a hole the size of the Panama Canal in that play side B gap. Two outside defenders who have stepped upfield with outside leverage. Jalen's speed, thank goodness he's as fast as he is. He, he made him wrong. He got the corner. But man, Miles could have moonwalked in there if he chose to pull that one and keep it himself. It's Thanksgiving, and we all know what that means football. And nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. Bet Online has you covered for all the holiday season with props, odds, and lines more so than ever before. Bet Online is your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head over to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus with promo code locked on. And it's not just football. Bet Online has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. It is stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: So for running back draft truthers, this continues to be a storyline that I am ready to see be put behind us. I am pro-drafting Jalen Phillips. I probably would have liked to have seen a running back drafted. I am pro-drafting Javon Holland. I would like to see Miami go out and sign a second contract running back. Uh, Those contracts or a third contract running back, those contracts on the free agent market are typically very, economically friendly. Remember Melvin Gordon signed for two years, $12 million. If you can't pony that up for an established NFL running back, whether it's Leonard Fournette as a power guy or anybody else, I don't know what to tell you, but I also want to draft a guy too. And I want to draft a guy reasonably early. Miles, I think his best role is a third down pass catching role in which he can be asked to pass protect. But the vision, the anticipation, and this was one of Miles' better games this season, but the vision and the anticipation and the in-play processing has been very scattershot this season. I appreciate uh, what he brings in the passing game. I appreciate how tough he is uh, for a player of his stature, but at some point, you're not going to replace with mental toughness what 230 pounds can bring versus 195. We want to play big boy football. Let's 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 go out and, and embrace the running game. Go get a couple of backs who can do some damage and run downhill and see things pretty well. Cause uh otherwise we're we're probably I'll say this too. I think the romanticization of Najee Harris uh, for Dolphins fans is, in some capacity, probably kind of the culmination of, well, we didn't draft Jonathan Taylor. Well, we didn't draft DeAndre Swift. Well, we didn't draft JK Dobbins. And, like, yeah, I'm frustrated with it too. Uh, but Najee behind an offensive line in Pittsburgh. Is putting up the production that he is because he's getting the volume that he is. 3.6 yards per carry this year on almost 200 carries already. He's got two games, three games this season with yards per carry over three and a half. But because he's touching the ball 18, 19 times a game on rushes and five times a game on receptions, I mean, he's getting 24 touches per game. He's also averaging 4.3 yards per touch, not per carry, per touch. That kind of player would, would of course, be more productive in the situations that Miami is getting than versus Miles Gaskin because I don't think his vision and anticipation uh, is where it needs to be. But I do think the romanticization of, of Najee Harris is more so a byproduct of what he could be. Uh, but this is still a long-term play. Not what, not, and it's not what Najee is right now. Because Najee, from a touch perspective, is not very efficient. And that's because of the environment that he's in. And it would only be exacerbated even worse in Miami. Um, this is still a long-term play. We're going to have Jalen Phillips and Javon Holland in the picture here now. But it now is going to become the responsibility of whoever is making the decisions on personnel to put the stubbornness about economics in this position behind them and go out and get a back. Or backs. Multiple backs. Because now, I mean, Savan Ahmed was a great story last year. Dude, dude's getting... Um, is not dressing for game days in favor of of Duke Johnson now. And obviously Malcolm Brown is hurt, and seventh-round pick Jared uh, Jared Dokes is being protected on the practice squad uh, but not getting any game action either. These marginal transactions, as a piece of constructive criticism from a personnel standpoint, need to stop. We got a lot of uh, observations out of the way and we really didn't even get to the defensive side of the ball, uh, which is a testament to all of the storylines we have with this team. Uh, We are going to continue to pound away here and let's do defense tomorrow uh, on the show. And then obviously we have Thanksgiving, so we're going to talk about things that we're thankful for on the Dolphins. And then we're going to start the preview Dolphins versus Panthers. So make sure you keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs. Thanks, as always, for listening to the show. We hope you make it a great day. Fins up. We hope to talk to you again tomorrow. Make it a good one.
1: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.